Welcome to CareCast, CareNet's podcast on family, faith, and life with Roland Warren, CareNet's President and CEO, and Vincent DeCaro, CareNet's Chief Outreach Officer. CareCast and more pro-abundant life commentary from CareNet can be found at care-net.org, where you can watch videos, download eBooks, and subscribe to the Abundant Life blog. Now let's listen in on what Roland and Vince have for us this week on CareCast. So Roland, we like to talk about the news of the day here at CareCast. Yes. Um, and of the day. Of the day. And, and sometimes, though, we're a little bit behind the times and, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about things months after they happen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, our perspective is that some stories, you know, are just always worth talking about. Always. There's just, they're evergreen. Yes. They're yes. Ever, there's there's our lessons to be learned from them, even if they happened several yes. months ago. And this one in particular, uh, again, this was in the news a couple months ago. Folks have probably heard about this, but I think we want to sort of bring a fresh perspective into yeah, it. Yeah, and we wrote some stuff about it. And we did. Things about it. Yeah, so there are things on our blog. And this was about the, um, the valedictorian Paxton Smith of uh, Lake Highlands High School mm-hmm. in Texas. Yes. I believe it was San Antonio, Texas. Uh, or no, it's not. It yeah, was not. I'm, I'm not sure what town in Texas it was, yeah. actually. Okay, yeah. So it was, but, but it was in Texas. It was in Texas. And she uh, was giving her valedictorian speech at our high school graduation and kind of went off script and um, and gave a speech about the importance of uh, giving women access to abortion mm-hmm. and how that is something that basically allows women to have the freedom that they need in order to have the lives that they, they want and need to have, all right? Right. Um, so there was lots of reactions to that, obviously, yeah. and, you know, some good, some bad, you know. A lot of a lot of sound bites in that speech. Yeah. Uh, all the usual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, a lot of the, the hyperbole around, you know, this is, you know, essentially I, I cannot be a woman. I cannot achieve my dreams. I yeah. cannot do what I need to do. This whole, my education would basically that I'm, we're here celebrating would be essentially wasted if I were not to have access to abortion. Yeah. I bas- I need to have access to abortion and, in order and, to have a life. Yeah, and she was ta- talked about, I think, if my memory is great, about humanity. Her humanity was restricted in some way, shape, or form right. because she wasn't able to do this. So it's right. this notion of, interestingly, because I'm not able to destroy other humanity growing inside of me, my humanity is diminished. Right, 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 right. Which... I, I think that's the way we increase humanity. <laughs> Generally, when you protect the vulnerable, people say you're, quote, more human. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? And when the powerful, and all when the things, powerful yeah. protect the vulnerable, that's actually one of the markers for humanity. Mm-hmm, right. When people say you're being inhuman, it's actually when the powerful prey on the vulnerable. Right, right. right. When you don't sacrifice self yes. for someone uh, more vulnerable, that's when we say you're not being human. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just so interesting um, yep. That that she would have this this perspective, and you know, a lot of the kind of sound bites, if you will, for the pro-choice movement were kind of laced in. in yeah, comments. yeah, yeah. I would not be surprised if she maybe had a little bit of help putting yeah. that together, but who knows? Um, yeah. But one of the things that it, it prompted us was, you know, obviously we we thought about your own wife, yes, um, whose story um, has lots of very interesting tie-ins to this story, and so your wife, Doctor Yvette. Lopez Warren yes. um, actually wrote a an open letter to the graduates of that high school to essentially say there's there's more to this story than what your valedictorian is telling you and so yeah. tell us what what Yvette wrote yeah you know it's, it's interesting and as she describes herself she's a Texas girl mm-hmm. um, she actually grew up in San Antonio Texas mm-hmm. uh, and went to Thomas Edison High School uh, there and she was number four Four in her class, mm-hmm. my members uh, serves me correct. Mm-hmm. Very smart, did very well. Ended up going to Princeton mm-hmm. uh, as a, as a result of that. One of the few students, uh, I think she probably 
was one of the few students that uh, certainly had that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, Princeton's, you know, Ivy League education and the whole deal. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, she certainly would represent the kind of person mm-hmm. uh, that this valedictorian was uh, was uh, was talking about in yes. terms of whose life was going to be ruined because of an unplanned pregnancy. Well, mm-hmm. lo and behold, you know, her, her sophomore year, she meets this guy, <laughs> me, yeah. and, uh, and we end up getting pregnant. Mm. And of course, when she goes to student health services, where, where we had, she went to get her pregnancy test, you know, the nurse administers the test and uh, says that it's positive, um, you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. And without missing a beat, taking a breath, she says, now, of course, you're going to have an abortion. And uh, Yvette says, well, no, I don't want to have an abortion. I, I want to get married. I want to have my child. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to have an abortion. And the nurse presents and says, well, you know, I mean, how, I, it doesn't seem like it's a smart choice. I mean, how are you going to graduate from Princeton with a baby? Mm-hmm. Um, and Yvette says, well, no, I, I want to have my baby. And she says, well, what year are you? She says, well, I'm a sophomore. She says, my gosh, I mean, a sophomore with a baby? It doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense. What do you want to do when you graduate? And Yvette says, well, I want to become a doctor. She says, oh, my gosh, how are you going to become a doctor? you know, with a baby. And so she strongly encouraged her, her to abort. Well, you know, fast forward this, in the story, we, we don't abort. Mm-hmm. We end up getting married. We've been married, it'll be 40 years uh, next year. Mm-hmm. And uh, the child that they uh, were encouraging her to abort actually uh, ended up going to Harvard, smarter than both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so Yvette really felt, you know, sort of called, if you will, to sort of speak out to these graduates because, you know, one of the points that she, she makes is that, that I've been you, but you haven't been me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, the, the future that was being laid out in this speech for this class yep. by this young woman um, was not the future, what the future has to be. And in fact, you know, Yvette's been practicing medicine. She went on to become a doctor. All the stuff that the nurse said would never happen. Um, yep. And uh, yep. yeah, was in the military, uh, came out of the military as a major in the military, was chief resident of her program. Mm-hmm. You know, has got, you know, just... I mean, yep, on yeah. and on and on and on and on. But and she'll tell you uh, if she was here that of all the accomplishments and accolades that she has, the thing that she's most proud of is is her sons yeah, yeah. and giving birth to her sons. Yeah. And um, yeah, actually, I love how you tell the story that you know she, she was told that you know you know you'll never be able to graduate college with a baby, and, and and she was right. She actually graduated college with two. That's right, right? Because you actually ended up having your second child before yep. Yvette even graduated. So. Absolutely, her senior year, right before her thesis was due mm-hmm. uh, in May, uh, we she delivered our, our our second son Justin in April. Yeah, and, and and actually, I just I had never actually thought of this before, but this dichotomy that the pro pro choice movement tries to paint between you can either have a career mm-hmm. or an education, or you can have a family. Yeah, right. And I just it just dawned on me for the first time in this context that my wife actually passed her fourth and final CPA exam, I think, four days before she gave birth mm. to our first son. Yeah. So, I mean, she was yeah. fully pregnant. Yes. And studying for the CPAs and passed all four of her CPA exams yes. on the first try, which is very unusual, right before she gave birth. So. That mentality that's reflected in this valedictorian's speech is that that stuff is impossible. Yeah. Like you can't – it's not possible for you as a woman to have an education and a career and also have to to deal with the ordeal of having a child. Yeah. And and it's such such an interesting sort of perspective in the sense that, you know, what they talk about is empowerment. Mm Mm-hmm. And celebrating women mm-hmm. and how strong women are. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, 
they are strong. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> You've got one, I've got one, and there's plenty more. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, women are strong, and they can do this. And that's exactly what my wife would tell you is that, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. She totally empowered in terms of that decision and was able to do that. So uh, for this, uh, this young woman uh, to sort of uh, kind of create a scenario Mm -hmm. um, that it's not possible, uh, that your life is going to be ruined, Mm -hmm. if you will. In fact, your humanity itself will be reduced. Reduced. If if, if you are not, if you don't have access to abortion, that your your humanity will be reduced. If you don't have access to abortion, it's just, Mm. it's just an ill-conceived perspective. And, and, And it's a perspective that is from, you know, 17, 18 year old perspective, not having lived life. Mm-hmm. My wife's almost 60 now. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's why she tells him, I've been you, but you've never been me. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, know yeah, what yeah. the future can look like and, yeah. And, yeah. and things of that nature. So it was by God's grace, obviously yeah. following biblical principles and, and things of that nature after, after, um, after we got pregnant. And there's been so many folks, uh, women who regret abortions mm-hmm. and who were told at that time that this is this is what's going to bring you happiness fulfillment whatever whatever and then they live years and decades you know with regret because they right. they have a view that um, even though they understand yeah. it's a life that they're carrying inside of them they make a determination that it's a life worth sacrificing for my life and mm-hmm. it just crushes them yeah you know, too yeah. often and yeah. that's the part also uh, that this valedictorian doesn't talk about that oh by the way if you do this mm-hmm. And you do have this abortion, you may have some regret from this, mm-hmm. and it's likely that you would right. uh, yeah. have some level of regret from this. And you don't know what that regret will be, and you don't know how long it will last, and you don't even know when it will come. Yeah. I mean, tell the whole story. Tell the whole story. Don't you know? Tell the whole story. Wait, right. And again, you know, women, uh, and we, of course, this is true. Women are capable and strong, and 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 all these things, and so. They can handle the whole story, right? I sure. mean, why can't you just tell them the whole story? Tell them the whole story. Yeah, instead of you know, access to abortion is going to make your life wonderful. Yeah, period. Be, and there'll That's be no it. and there'll be no consequences, yeah. and it's, it'll yeah. it's all just yeah. you know, there, there's no consequences for that. It's bone of your bone, and it's flesh of your flesh. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it's odd if you don't think about it this way. Right, right, right. If you don't have regret, right, in some way, shape, or form. Right. I mean, you're. I mean, you're. It's a life. Yeah, I mean, even even the even the studies that the pro-choice movement points to, that say, we're, so the pro-choice movement obviously wants to say there there's no such thing as abortion regret, but even the studies that they point to to demonstrate that show that probably somewhere around twenty eight percent of women who have abortions within I think it's something like five years or something like that, which is a pretty yeah. short window, yeah. Because as we know, this can the regret can come years and years later, yes. decades later in some cases. But even within five years, 28% of women have some negative associations and feelings and emotions associated with their abortion. So if there's a million abortions a year, that's 280,000 women every year who end up having some form of regret. regret. And those are the studies that the pro-choice movement points to. They say, oh, this doesn't exist. Well, and the other thing you find with yeah. those studies, by yeah. the way, yeah. um, particularly when I'm, the one I'm thinking about mm-hmm. is they went to women who had had abortions mm-hmm. at that time and asked if they could track their... Mm-hmm. Their perspectives over they would that oh, you right. would participate with, and the majority of the women yeah. said no. Right, they wouldn't even. <laughs> That's right. So, so there's, there's a there's a, a selection bias. In there's the sample already itself. a selection bias in in that. But I don't want to be reminded. Every right. year when you call me up and ask me about my attitude, you're going to remind me of this abortion. Right. That's right. Yeah, so yeah, they don't yeah, even yeah. want to be reminded of it. So even yeah. the selection bias itself tells you yeah. that there's there's an issue that I want to put this away, not think about this ever again. Yeah. I don't want to call five years from now, ten years from now, with you asking me, 
am I regretting this? Yeah. I don't even want to think about this right. again. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now yeah. think about this. If it was really this celebratory, empowering kind of thing. Right. Right. Like I graduated from college and my university says, listen, hey, we want to call you in five years to find out how you're doing in your work. Oh, sure. Why not? Yeah. yeah this is a great. Yeah. We won't call you in 10 years. Right. Yeah. And that's why people come back to reunions. Right. Right. To be reminded. Of <laughs> to that be reminded of yep. that accomplishment. Right. Right. So why wouldn't you why would a large degree of folks not even want to participate? Yeah. And yeah. not even want to be reminded. Yeah. Very, and, very. And even once you get that subset, you still have the issue of the, uh, yeah. of the regret. Yeah, it's a significant issue. I know significant it, issue. So it, it, it's remarkable, yeah. and and that and that's the reason, among many others, including the ones that you just talked about, why we wanted to publish this open letter. Yeah. To these graduates, to tell them the whole story, right? To give them a pers- a, a different perspective, a positive perspective, mm-hmm. a hopeful perspective from somebody who lived through this. Yes. Who was them once? Yes. Yes. Graduated from high school in Texas, and the whole thing, and you know. So we're hopeful that that perspective has reached at least some of the students in that yeah. in that high school class, so that they could see that there's that there's hope that there's you know yeah. life. The whole I mean, it's a cliche, but you know, the whole life is beautiful. Yeah. Thing you know that there's such possibility there, and that God you know just can turn anything into something good. He absolutely yeah. that all things work to gather for the good of those who love the Lord and call to his purpose. And, you know, it's yeah. interesting that you say that folks can find Yvette's letter mm-hmm. uh, on our website, but she ends it you know, pretty much the way that you kind of uh, said there. Fear not, she says, because you are strong and can handle whatever life throws at you. Now go out there, love others, serve others, and do all the great things that you aspire to do. Yeah. And that's what she does. And and she encourages them that way. And I yeah. just think it's a it's a, the way that you want to be able to go out into the world, yeah. not with regret, yeah. uh, because you made a decision, a life-changing decision, mm-hmm. at a moment yeah. when you couldn't see the future. Yeah, uh, and this is sort of your. You've always thought about this way that this is my kind of sixty-year-old self speaking to my eighteen-year-old self, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. encouraging uh, my eighteen-year-old self, yeah. and that's what what she wanted to do for yeah. for these these uh, folks that were in the audience. Yeah, great stuff. So yeah, again, if you go to care-net.org and check out our abundant life blog. You can see Yvette's full open letter to the graduates of Lake Highlands High School in Texas. All right. All right. Thank you, Rollin. All right. Take care. We hope you enjoyed this episode of CareCast. For more pro-abundant life commentary and practical resources, please visit care-net.org. There you can subscribe to the Abundant Life blog, giving you access to videos, e-books, podcasts, and other resources to help turn your pro-life passion into pro-abundant life action. Until next time, we pray that God blesses you and yours daily.